to the hip the hip the hip the hip hip hop you don't stop rap 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 it up i will definitely call you back later then come on wrap it up big shark okay you know what wrap up the circle thing come on mr parker wrap it up please okay okay everybody that's a wrap that's a wrap joining me here in studio i have a couple of friends kevin brown i think it's second time for you kevin is that right second time for you on the on the wrap it may be i've I've been on a time before okay maybe third time for you i know we had john when you were a candidate uh, for uh, commissioner for district two and a first time offender Kathy Summerlin, the person who, honest to God, I was looking through my phone the other day because I'm always trying to, you know, think of good people that I should have on the wrap. I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't had. <laughs> How did I not have Kathy on all this time? Long friend. Uh, of course, she is the um, the director of booking and marketing at the Sanger Theater downtown. Kathy, welcome. Thank you. To the Pensacola Morning News. Uh, let's start with this. I always like to give people a minute or two just kind of, you know, tell us what's going on in their lives. Uh, Kevin, you ran for Commissioner District 2 and uh, now, well, you didn't win, but I I, I just want to, I appreciate when people put themselves out there. I wouldn't want to run for office. I would hate running for office. I wouldn't want to be an elected official. So I appreciate that somebody does the job. So thank you for running. Uh, but since then, what have you been up to? Well, you know, first off, thank you for that. And I, I think more people, you know, if you want to have a quality process, you should have quality people uh, wanting to run for office. Unfortunately, we've, we've got that in, in our area, I believe. Um, you know, we've had a, had a good month, uh, Fortunately, football's been on. Fishing so been and watching watch football and relaxing, football hanging out. Relax a little bit. And <laughs> waiting to talk to you some more. <laughs> oh, you're the best. All right. Uh, Kathy, I know you, you've pretty much been taking all this time off because the Sanger hasn't had anything going on, right? No. We had nine events in 10 days. Oh, my God. And uh, it's been busy. Busy, busy. You sound like a radio station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just about. All right, so we got a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, first thing I want to ask about the big news of the day was, uh, you know, that Elon and we haven't talked about this really at all in the show. I don't know, we just get pushed around so much by other stuff, uh, but we haven't talked about Elon Musk finally following through, uh, buying Twitter, and he says he did it not, you know, because he wants to, you know, restore freedom, you know, restore people to have their points of view. He wants to get rid of the bots, and he wants to preserve it as like a digital marketplace, digital or. Um, you know, public area where people can argue and share their ideas and kind of have that space because that's an important thing for a culture to have. I'm not a heavy Twitter user. Like I have an account and I don't ever almost ever post, but it's a sometimes a good source of information and I kind of understand the platform. I find it an annoying platform, frankly. It's just kind of wild west crazy and very, 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 very mean is my takeaway from Twitter. But I don't know thoughts. I know are either of you guys much Twitter users have Twitter accounts. Kevin, I, I don't. I, I I might have a MySpace still. I don't know. You can <laughs> check me out on that. But yeah. now that's weird for a politician. You used to because he used to help Doug Broxson out, and Twitter is like for the politicos yeah. right. is the thing, right? In yeah. Tallahassee, you got to have a Twitter account, right? So how did you survive all of that without? Well, there are sites you can go to and still be able to get reliable news. Things like Safety Review and uh, St. Peter's Blog. That's all true. Yeah, good resources. All right. I do not have a Twitter account. Sanger does, but we rarely tweet because Twitter's for a younger audience, and our audience is 55 and up, basically. Professionals with Mm -hmm. money that are going to, you know. And it's also interesting, just my impression, um, this is a Facebook area. I don't perceive this as much of being a Twitter place where you know pensacola i don't think of the main discussions and business of of taking place on twitter i may be wrong mostly because i don't pay a lot of attention to twitter but it's my impression that instagram for the younger folks and uh and facebook for everybody else but really facebook is our 
digital space where people talk about issues. Do you perceive it that way? I think so. I, I do believe TikTok is starting to gain some ground with Fair the enough. younger audiences. But there's, you know, there's older people on. I mean, grannies are dancing on TikTok. <laughs> I would oh, pay. I would, I would pay to see Kevin Brown dance on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> not, no, not likely. Not happening. Probably not going to happen. Yeah. All right, fair enough. So, um, one of the things that's been in the news is the bus driver shortage in Escambia County, which you know we knew this was a problem. Santa Rosa has this problem too, of course. Shortage of bus drivers. They reoriented all their routes this year so that basically they put them they put the stops farther away from people's homes in order to economize on the distance and the driving and also to make it so that instead of having 20 stops you might have you know 15 which means fewer less time uh, their on time rate for getting the kids to school has been very effective parents are still upset because they had to walk their kids farther but in Escambia County my god i think the numbers were we're supposed to have like 300, 300. and we're at like 180 or something like this it's over 100 vacancies in the bus drivers I mean, what do we do? Like, they, they say it's because of pay compression. You know, when the minimum wage went up, the people had been there a while and earned higher money. They don't, they're not happy anymore because they can go anywhere and do that for that kind of money. I think you said earlier that several people had already quit because yeah. of the pay compression. That's what and, P&J reported, that yeah. six people had already left because of that. They've, they've got to get the pay up. I mean, that's the only thing that I could think of. It. And, you know, what's worse than being a bus driver with it's kids that you hard. have no you know real authority over yeah i mean there was a bus fight yesterday uh, from bellevue right where seven police cars responded to it it's it's not the job i'm looking for although right. i did i do remember when we got the new buses a couple of years in escambia county a couple of years ago in the new training area i did learn how to drive a bus for about 10 minutes <laughs> so i have successfully driven a school bus with no children in it and nowhere near me <laughs> which is the safest way to operate they are very easy i was surprised on how easy they were it was part of a promotion like hey if an idiot like a talk show host can drive it then you know anybody can do this and and they were hoping that people would come out and do it kevin thoughts on i completely agree yeah we've got to find a way um to incentivize folks to be able to to have these jobs we've got to be able to expand the pool if we need to i mean and it, um, at the end of the day, it's about safety. And if you get kids having to travel further to get to a stop, wait wait longer to get to a stop, you're going to have more safety issues too. And you know, it's it's, it's interesting too because uh, we're having we're seeing stuff in the labor market that, frankly, in my life I never remember seeing, where nobody can find the employees. I mean, we have we have open openings here. Uh, I know every business owner that I know has openings, and finding you know restaurants that are not even operating at their full capacity yet, or you know you go to a, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I went to Tops the other day to get burgers, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not serving anymore. We got to close down. We don't have enough employees." I'm like, "What? Wow. It takes like two of you to run this place," and they couldn't. You know, they basically just had to shut for the afternoon because they didn't have employees to handle it. I I don't know how we get out of that. But I know we're not alone. It's not like, you know, Escambia County is unique in this regard. Are, you know, Sanger, do you guys have a labor shortage? Same we thing? We struggle to fill our, our stagehand calls for our Broadway shows. They need 55 stagehands, and that's a that's a skilled position. Yeah. Um, some of it is just moving boxes. But, yeah, we struggle to get our, our calls met. If we don't have all 55 or whatever the call is, we get penalized. We get uh, financially penalized by really? the show. Yeah. So is it is it that the people who are normally part of your pool who show up just aren't doing that anymore? They're doing something else. Are they not working or are they just like, what are you finding? Like, what's the nature of the not availability? I, we, we're trying to figure it out. We, we don't know why we can't fill a full stagehand call. We managed barely by the skin of our teeth yeah. to get Chicago filled two weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. That's a huge show. It is. 
Wow. Huh. Yeah, Kevin, I think something we saw um, during the pandemic, during at least in the service industry, people not being able to find workers, is there there is a workforce out there of folks that, if given the opportunity, they would take it, but they have a criminal record. Mm. So if you can incentivize folks who want to be able to do good, be good citizens, but can't because they've had one thing on the record, uh, if you can incentivize employees to employers to hire these folks, a lot of times from what we've heard, they've turned out to be great employees. They just need a chance. They so maybe chance. this is an opportunity to look outside the box a little bit, to look at folks that we haven't um, given a second chance to and kind of thrown away and, and let them work themselves back up. Yeah. And you know, folks who've got any kind of a conviction, it's, I mean, it's a daunting task yeah. because there's that little box, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, one, and I know you feel like once you check that box, you know, you're never getting a call back. But as you say, Kevin, there's been so many examples of uh, and it's not like they're, you know, all automatically the best employees ever, but at some point you have to make a decision. Am I willing to kind of take a chance in this direction and see, and you may get great employees out of it. Right. You know? I mean, we spend money as a state, um, trying to train folks yeah. while they're in prison. Yeah. We got to at least give them a shot to, to have a job in that training when they get out. If not, we're just going to be, uh, keeping them in prison again. Right. It costs right. about $30,000, I believe, to incarcerate somebody per year. So yeah, the, the, it's already saving the state money if we can give them the opportunity to stay out and you know the productivity that they have the ability to kind of solve this labor shortage you know at least somehow and i agree with you if we're if we're going to train people in jail <laughs> you know in right. order to have and then kind of pull the rug out lies. from under them when they get out right exactly Eight forty six on news radio 92 3 i'm andrew mckay it's the pensacola morning news i got uh kevin brown and kathy summerlin here in studio with hey if you're 64 turning 65 and you're kind of wondering what is the change in healthcare coverage going to mean for me as i get over onto medicare what is in what is supplement you know what is advantage does medicaid cover me any of these questions and i know it can be stressful because people are calling you and they're sending you letters and it's, it's just it's not so much fun and it can be a little bit anxious well it doesn't have to be that way you call Ricky Stewart. She's a good friend of mine. I've known her as long as we've lived here. She will take care of you. She sends me so many stories of people that she has helped and worked with and made it easy, and that's all she does. Ricky Stewart Insurance. You can just look her up online or call 341-2185. Oh, good morning, 849 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News, informative, local, dependable. We got Kevin Brown, a former, uh, he was the former chief of staff for Senator Doug Broxson. He is also now uh, a guy. <laughs> by his own description. I asked him what title he wanted to go by, and he's like, he was a candidate for District 2 in Escambia County, and I was a government affairs consultant. Uh, so he's a guy. And uh, Kathy Summerlin, who is the uh, director of booking and marketing at the Sanger Theater, who I've known, I think, as long as I've lived here. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Kathy and her husband are uh, a longtime friends, and I appreciate you all coming in this morning. All right, so um, there's a, an issue on the ballot for the e-date renewal, the um, uh, economic development ad valorem tax exemption. Uh, the most famous example of the use of this is Navy Federal, where we waive their property taxes, the half that goes to the county for 10 years, as an incentive to get them to come here and as this kind of a reward. The goal long term is that we get a lot more out of them in terms of taxes when they are paying them. Uh, and of course, that they contribute jobs and growth and benefits to the economy. And uh, the question is, will we allow the county commission to continue doing this policy of offering e-dates to companies to get them to come here? Uh, Kevin, you know, I, I, you worked in government for quite a long time. You're very familiar with this. I'm torn and I lean against uh, for some 
because uh, I, I see both sides pretty well, uh, but I, I do lean a little bit against. I haven't decided how I'm going to vote yet, which sometimes it takes me up until the day of the election to figure out, uh, it out. I know that's annoying for people who want it. Well, what does Andrew think? Well, I, I'm torn. You know, I, I see good arguments on both sides. Your thoughts? You know, I, I agree with you in a way, but I, I think uh, we've shown how they work in this area as well, with, like you said, Navy Federal being the greatest example. But we've also been able to show through things like Triumph, where if you can invest money to incentivize business and to create the right environment for jobs, uh, you can do that. But there need to be accountability measures. There need to be clawbacks if necessary to make sure that that money's being spent the right way and there's Claw, clawbacks meaning that if they don't hit their expect their requirements that they lose the funding back to try right on invest on investment just like anything else exactly but but yeah i would i, I think we've done a good job i think we should continue yeah my uh the, kind of the, the reasons for i think are fairly obvious and you know as you say it, it sort of looks like it's a very good thing. The criticisms I hear are things like business owners. And I know we had this, um, you know, I love Navy federal at the same time. I know employees left here to go work for them. Mm -hmm. And in a now, maybe not at the time, but in a now scarce job market, bringing more job competition, basically in, you know, to the area, I'm not sure that makes sense since we're already scarce on labor. And there's definitely this feeling from some people that, well, you look, you're taking taxes from business a, in order to pay for the stress on infrastructure and policing that business B will not have to pay for because you're paying them to come to, or you're, you know, you're waiving that for them to come to town. Why does business A have to pay, you know, pay for that? That's kind of one of the arguments, but I, I don't know. I, my boss is very into this. Dave Hoxing is a signatory on the advocacy group that favors this. Um, he doesn't, you know, I'm allowed to disagree with my boss in case people wonder. And I think I do on this, but I see both sides. I really do. I'm I'm a little torn with it too. I, I see you know your points, um, and you know definitely that side of town in Navy Federal has been hit by you know the, the traffic, in, yeah. traffic and just the infrastructure. Um, my mother-in-law lives over there, and you know it's 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 tough on her. You know just all the changes that have happened since they've been out there. But we've lost employees to Navy Federal too. Yeah, and I mean good for those employees, but at the same time, again, you know who's paying for all of this and who's benefiting from it, and it's it, I think it's a complicated thing. And more is what I think is right now everybody's trying to come to Florida, everybody's trying to come to Escambia and Santa Rosa County. Do we really need to offer incentives if businesses aren't already willing to come here? I know the argument that, well, they could go to Alabama or they could go to Georgia. Or they go. I understand that. But you also have the problem that some, you know, uh, some businesses take advantage of the e-date for doing expansions. They were going to expand anyway. <laughs> you know, it's not like if they didn't get the e-date, they weren't going to. So are we offering too much too easily or something like that? So I, I don't know. I just uh, before we move on, any other thoughts on the e-date value pro or con, Kevin? Well, I mean, and, and you just mentioned it, we are in a very uh, unique portion of the state that other parts of the state don't have to deal with challenges we have because we have Alabama, mm -hmm. we have Georgia, we even have Mississippi close enough where it affects our economic development. And they've been very aggressive over the last 10, 15 years on bringing in jobs. So we have to keep up with them. It's, it's an arms race in a way, you know? Yeah, and I, I hate to see that because I don't want government to be picking winners and, and losers and I don't want government to be having to be in this business. But I get if the... You know, if but the, if you can create the right environment, if the other one down things. the street, right? Exactly. It, um, and I mean, like Triumph, for instance, they have a, I think a, a one to nineteen dollar for every one dollar they invest, right. nineteen bucks comes back in the return. So, if, if you can create instances like that where you're getting enough benefit for that dollar, I think everyone. 
Yeah, if you can prove if you can prove the return, you know, I'm certainly much more uh, open to believing in it. 8:54 here on News Radio 92.3. All right, this is a story I uh, I told you guys you would like this one. All right, it was part of my transgressor service this morning. San Francisco, which they were the originators of the uh, viewpoint boycott. You know, back in 2016, 2017, they started saying that you they weren't going to pay for government travel. You couldn't travel to places that were not pro LGBT, uh, pro choice, and did not uh, secure voting rights for minorities. And now they're up to 30 states that they will not contract with or buy products from and that they will not send travel to. They just, five of their 11 city council members said that they're now rethinking this because it's costing them, you know, 10, the estimate is between 25 and $45 million over the time period because they're paying more to contract for services that qualify for their ethical rules. Um, They're certainly not changing anything, right? Like Florida's not changing because of the San Francisco boycott. So, is this a admission that they were dumb? That they're I don't know. What's your reaction? Yeah, for an to area it? that's that likes to profess to be so open minded, it doesn't seem like a very open minded policy, does it? <laughs> right. <laughs> not not exactly the open, tolerant, everything's fine. But of course that's you know, kinda I think where the left is these days. It's not really it's not the open tolerant of what I thought of when I was growing up. My I was raised by liberals, you know. I that I'm kinda there's a lot of me that's still liberal for sure, even to this day. Or at least I understand the viewpoint pretty well. Kathy? I mean, if they're losing that much money, and you know now we, there's five out of eleven Democrats. Uh, they're all Democrats. Yes. All eleven are Democrats. Yeah. Um, I think they're admitting that maybe we made a made a mistake. Yeah, for we, sure. Because if it doesn't work and it costs you money, <laughs> right. you know, it's literally very very expensive virtue signaling. It's not because it's not accomplishing the effect. So you know, okay. Back to the wrap with Kathy Summerlin and Kevin Brown. All right, so I got to ask you. I think I know the answer for you, Kathy, and I think I don't know the answer for you, Kevin. Are you dressing up for Halloween? Now, I know Kathy in the past, you are an all out <laughs> Halloween costumer, right? I'll dress up for work, but we're not doing Halloween this year. Oh, okay. So are you not? You're just going to be at home handing out candy bars? We and don't you're not, get kids. You don't, oh, to your neighborhood they don't come? No, not at all. And you don't go out and try to harass them and no, have fun? No, but <laughs> we'll dress up for work for sure. Okay. What's your costume this year? It's a spider woman. Okay, cool. All right. I, oh, that reminds me. Yesterday I was driving on uh, Tippin past the park uh, just uh, south of Creighton, and there was a guy, uh, let's just say dad bod guy, uh, wearing a skin-tight Spider-Man outfit. <laughs> And just kind of waving at folks. And he, it was the, my favorite part of this, this is the dumbest thing. My favorite part of his costume was that he had the camera. So he's Spider Man with the Peter Parker camera. I mean, I loved it. I thought it was adorable. He was just, you know, making everybody's day that way. Uh, Kevin, I have you down as a no dress up for Halloween guy. I think you're spot on there. I'm, I'm more the dad that, that has to check all the Halloween candy when it comes home. And, I see. And uh, inspect and tax, right? The, the In- bag's a lot lighter yeah, when I yeah. give it back. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that one you can't have. That one's not good for you. What's your what's your one that you always pull out? What's your one that you secretly pocket while the kid's not looking? Oh, the Reese, anything Reese's. All yeah, right, Reese's same for, for you. Sure. Peanut yeah. butter and yeah. chocolate. All right, you know, you know, really Reese's for me is the one that I know I like it, but I've somehow come to the belief that I don't, so I don't take it. I don't eat them. I, I can't really explain it because I know when I bite into it, it's very exciting for me. But you know, I, I'm not. Now, are and, you a candy corn? Oh, no, no, no. That's nasty. Jenna, however, told us yesterday that, uh, or the day before that she is definitely a candy corn, which I can't make sense of. Because <laughs> otherwise, she seems like somebody with great judgment, you know? Thank you. Um, she seems like a good person, the Thanks kind of person so I would trust around my kids. <laughs> and but then... candy corn kind of factors that all out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got to have your standards, and that's one. 
finally the World Series. We're finally here. The ever-awaited-for, highly popular World Series from two teams that most people are like, what? Um, so the Phillies and the Astros. Uh, not the smallest markets, but not the big markets either. And certainly the smallest of fan bases. There's maybe a couple that are smaller. But uh, Phillies, Astros, you watched the World Series, Kevin? Well, I'm one of that small fan base. Oh, I good guess. Lord. Which one? I've been an Astros fan since they had Bagwell, Biggio. Okay. Bell, so when I say Lima, Albert Pujols and Brad Lidge, you have tremors. A little bit. But, hey, you know what? <laughs> um, I'm sure the Cardinals are going to enjoy watching the series. Yeah, so oh, I see how that is. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Ever since y'all left the league, you've been doing pretty well. Kathy, well, you know, you're not a baseball. No, I'll, I'll root for Houston just because my husband used to live Thank there. Thank you guys for coming in today.